Coming up. So if the enemy is working against God, then you know the enemy is saying something different. The enemy is saying, I, I know my plans for you. And I have plans to cause you pain. That's right. <laughs> to bring you down. I have plans um, to harm you. I have plans to cause you not to have hope. And I have plans to cause you not to have a future. That's right. That's where the enemy is standing. But God says, I know my plans. And because God is more powerful than the enemy, we can put our trust in over again. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the most important and impactful birth in human history. Therefore, there are aspects surrounding his birth that every human being should consider as we approach the Christmas season. Join us for the message series Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn help us dive deeper into these truths. Here's the third message in the series, The Safeguarding of the Savior's Birth. When my, uh, when my wife was pregnant with our son, that was one of the most joyful and glorious time of our lives, dear. Yeah, I know you remember. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody is going to remember, it's going to be me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know those out there who are mothers, you can relate. Yeah. You can't forget that. Oh, no. Yes. No, it was a precious time. Yeah. Uh, we, we were in a state of mind that we had never been in before. Mm -hmm. um, after all, we were becoming parents, right? And that means we were going to be responsible for another person's life and well-being. That's something very serious. And if you are <laughs> expecting a child and that doesn't change your state of mind, I suggest that maybe you aren't ready to be a parent. That's right. That's right. Because that reality should change a person's state of mind. Amen. And in that state of mind, we were determined to do all we could to ensure that our baby would, the, our baby would be well, mm -hmm. and which meant that Carolyn had to be well, <laughs> because there was a life inside of her, and that was paramount to us. Mm -hmm. And so we 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 focused on her eating right, um, getting rest, and avoiding stress. Um, because whatever she was feeling, whatever she was eating, went straight to the baby. And it would affect his or her well-being. We didn't know at one point what gender it would be. He would be. <laughs> you guys know what he turned out to be. Um, uh, you were looking out for his well-being when you made me take off those skates that day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. She she was feeling so good I while she was spreading while she was pregnant, she was, she was glowing. Um, I, 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 for me, it just, that was the, she was just beautiful. It was just beautiful to watch her. It was glorious for me. And, um, and she was wanting to roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what, 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 what you doing? I was outside with my skates on. <laughs> 
I had to put the kibosh on that, y'all. Get in here. We was trying to, we trying to bring this son, this child to make sure it's well. And we we had nine months highly focused on safeguarding the birth of our child. Nine months, just focused, determined to make sure that we would do all we could to make sure that the baby would be well. Nine months. And imagine God safeguarding the birth of his son for over thousands of years. I was blown away having to do it for nine months. Safeguarding the birth. But God our Father safeguarded the birth of Jesus Christ for thousands of years. We covered last week how he prophesied shortly after Adam and Eve sinned that he was there, that there was going to be a seed of the woman that would crush the head of the of, of the of Satan. So he would had to safeguard that all the way through until Christ came. And that was thousands of years later. I hope y'all hearing me here. And so God safeguarded it. And one thing we need to note from this and learn is that God takes care of all of his children. That's right. That's right. Now. I know the world says everybody's got a child, but the Bible says that's not so. Every human being is not a child of God. Every human being is here because of God or God is responsible for our existence. But that does not make you a child of God. And we've covered this in other messages Mm -hmm. where Jesus flat out told some that their father was the devil. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so... Well, what makes a child makes us a child of God is that we've decided that we would accept his son as our Lord and Savior and that we are purposing to live a life like him. Mm-hmm. We're being Christ followers, actively being Christ followers. This brings us into sonship or daughtership mm-hmm. as God our Father, because now we're beginning to look, live, talk, think like God. Right act like we are a child of God. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done that, then you cannot say that you are a child of God in reality. That's right. And so God safeguarded the birth of his son for a thousand years, thousands of years, and God safeguards all of his children. And we're going to see that as we walk through. God is determined Um to do what he says. And we're going to talk about that. And we need to have confidence that God is going to be willing and able um, to keep his children safe and complete the plans he has for them. We need to be confident for that. And one reason for this confidence is on your outline. (laughs) So write this down. God has declared that he would do what he said. 
God's declared he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Right. Just like he said that, that, that her seed will crush the head of the devil and everything else he said, he's going to make sure it comes to pass. And we need to have our confidence in that. God promised that the ancestry of his son would be sustained and maintained and guarded. Look what it says here in Genesis 12, one through three. And this, by the way, moves us forward in the process because as I said, God told, said what he said about her seed shortly after sin. And now we're in Genesis 12 and God is having a conversation with Abraham from whom God would make the ancestry of Jesus to happen. He says here, Genesis 12, one through three, the Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And God says, and I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curse you, I will curse. And all the people and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. This was a statement, a, a profound statement, a definite statement that God was making about what he was going to do. Yeah. And God said, I'm going to make sure that uh, Abraham's, from Abraham's seed, the seed, his seed will be safeguarded and that he's going to support it. And those who, who support Abraham's seed will be blessed and those who work against it would be cursed. Mm -hmm. God was saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do exactly what I said. I'm going to do it. God made it personal. Yeah. I will make sure that this happens. Mm -hmm. And then looking at Jeremiah 1.12, look what God says here. It says, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Mm -hmm. Now, God said, everything that I've said to you, everything I spoke to you, every word I gave, I am watching over it to make sure to perform it. So God says, you can take me at my word. You can take me at, if I said it, I'm going to do it. That's what God is saying. And he said that to Jeremiah and he's saying that to you and I today. Now somebody ought to say amen, amen. because there's a whole lot of things. God has made over 7,000 promises to us in his word. And God says, if I said it, I'm watching over what I said. And I'm going to make sure it happens. Yep, that's what that verse means. That ought to give you hope. That ought to give you hope right now. That ought to, you know, I don't know what it is you're going through, whatever's in, going on in your life, in your mind, in your heart, in your feet, <laughs> in your back. I don't know whatever it is you're going through. God said, whatever I promised, whatever I said, I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. 
And so I, I would invite you to comb through the word of God, looking for promises, mm -hmm. looking for what God said he was going to do. And when you find it, highlight it, memorize it, put it in your heart so you can walk confidently and live confidently that God's going to do exactly what he said. His word is true. His word is true. Mm -hmm. And so that, that takes us back to what was what, stated in the garden, which we covered last week, that God said there's going to be a, a battle between her seed and the Satan seed. And, and the battle was on. So the next, on your outline, write this down. Some of Satan's attempts to mess up God's plans. We're going to talk about some of Satan's attempts to mess up God's plan. And you got to know that Satan wants to mess up God's plans. Seriously, we got to know that. Too many of us is going through life as if there's nothing, no, there's no adversary. Right. There's no one working against you. No, there's someone working against you. And he's pretty powerful and strong. He's not more powerful or strong than our Lord is, right. but he is powerful and strong. So don't live life like you have no opposition. Mm -hmm. that, that's a dangerous place to live. Amen. And a dangerous way to live. And as we talk about Satan's attempt to mess up God's plans, he even, that he's going to, he's tried to do that concerning Jesus's birth. Mm -hmm. And you need to know he's trying to mess up the plans of your life too. That's right. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, he says, says to us where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You hear what God said? Mm -hmm. He says, I know my plans and my plans are to prosper you. My plans are not to harm you and my plans is to give you hope and to give you a future. Amen. So if the enemy is working against God, then you know the enemy is saying something different. Right. The enemy is saying, I, I know my plans for you. Mm -hmm. And I have plans to cause you pain. That's right. <laughs> to bring you down. Mm -hmm. I have plans um, to harm you. I have plans to cause you not to have hope. And I have plans to cause you not to have a future. That's right. That's where the enemy is standing. Working against you. Mm -hmm. But God says, I know my plans. Mm -hmm. And because God is more powerful than the enemy, and we can put our trust and hope in him. Amen. But that didn't keep Satan from stop trying. And he tried to disrupt the birth of our Savior. Mm -hmm. And we're going to look at a few ways he did that. The first is this, his attack on the first children. His attack on the first children. Satan didn't waste no time, y'all. When God declared that her seed is going to crush his head, he went after the very first seed of, of Eve. The very first. The first children. Look what it says here in Genesis 4, 1 and 2, and then verse 8. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. Mm -hmm. 
and, she, and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she, birthed, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Cain said to his brother, Abel, verse eight. Now Cain said to his brother, Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed Abel. Kill, attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Mm -hmm. Satan got into the first seed of Eve. The very first, Cain. And that kill, he killed his brother. Yeah. Satan is serious about disrupting God's plan. And if this doesn't speak that to you, you need to open your eyes and heart and mind to understand that the enemy is serious Amen. about messing up God's plan. Mm -hmm. To the point that we had the first, uh, what is called fratricide. That's the uh, a brother killing a brother. Yeah. <laughs> fratricide. Mm -hmm. And 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 so, though Satan is serious about this revenue plan, we already talked about how God's safeguarding safeguarding them. Mm -hmm. God is very serious too. That's right. And then we get a little bit more mindset about the enemy's involvement in Cain killing Abel right here in First John three twelve. Look what it says. It says, "Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one." and murdered his brother. So just to go back to what I said earlier about being a child of God, y'all think Cain was a child of God killing his brother? No, no, no. That wasn't the acts of a child of God. That was just what this passage says. He belonged to the evil one mm -hmm. and he murdered his brother. Mm -hmm. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Yeah. So we see evil against good happening. Over and over again. Over and over again. And um, Satan is serious, y'all. But as I said, God is serious too about keeping his word and safeguarding his children. So look what it says here in Genesis 4, 25 and 26. Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Y'all see what happened here? Yeah. When evil um, came about within mankind, God did something. She had another child. He had a child. And over time, folks begin to call on the Lord. Mm -hmm. You might want to say this, a, a revival happened. Right, right, right. Because God is going to do what he says. Mm -hmm. He's going to do what he says. Another attack that Satan did um, to disrupt God's plan about the birth of his son is, um, is happened with 
his attack in the time of Noah. Write that down. His attack in the time of Noah. Look what it says here in Genesis 6, 5 and 8. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So here we had what we deemed as you might want to call a revival of sort after Seth and all the people was calling on the Lord. Now we have the opposite happening. People are wicked now. Right? But then there was Noah, who wasn't wicked, who the scripture declares as being a righteous man and having favor from God. Amen. And we know what happened there. And Genesis here, look at what it says in Genesis 7, 1. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark and you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Yes. So God came up with a plan again to revive human, the human race. And he used Noah. And as the story goes, Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives are the only people who survived the flood. So God, out of those eight people, revived the human race. Amen. And so God said, you are righteous in your generation. And this should make us wonder, how does God see me in my generation? Because we look out, we watch the news, we look out our window, we can, whatever, look out into society, and we can see tons of wickedness. We can look on our phones and see wickedness everywhere we look. So we should ask ourselves, how is God viewing me in all of this wickedness that's around me? Yeah. Am I partaking? Am I a part of the wickedness? Noah wasn't. Noah was righteous in God's eyes, even though all that wickedness was going on. We should ask ourselves, am I part of the wickedness or part of the righteousness? And it was in the righteousness that Noah found favor. We should ask ourselves that. And so um, the third way that the enemy has attacked is his attack on David, his attack on David. And I just want to rem remind you that God told Abram that from your, from your seed, um, I'm going to make you great. And that was speaking of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And here is attack on David. And we covered this last week that Jesus is known, one of his titles is the son of David. He came from the bloodline of David. It says here in 1 Samuel 17, 41 through 44. Meanwhile, the Philistine uh, with, with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. Okay, this is a story of David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. 
So this is young David. David was a teenager. And David, again, was going to be the seed from part, uh, the seed, part of the seed from which Jesus would come. It's the young David, teenager David. Yeah. Goliath is trying to take him out. Right. Look what it says, verse 42. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. <laughs> he said to David, am I a dog? that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the, and the wild animals. I get this in your spirit. This, this, yeah, they, uh, Goliath was a big man, over nine and a half feet tall, skilled warrior, had killed a lot of people, won a lot of battles. Man. David was just a boy and but understand, in David's seed, in David's blood, was the Christ coming. <laughs> and just imagine Goliath intent to, intending to stop that process. Right. Y'all know God wasn't having that. God was not having that. So look what happened here. You, you already know the story, but look what it says here in 1 Samuel 19, 10 through 11. Y'all know David took him out. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, he, he took him out with his slings. And his sling hit Goliath in his forehead. Goliath fell to the ground. Um, David took Goliath's spear and, and cut off um, Goliath's head mm. and won that battle. Amen. And so even after he wins this big battle with Goliath, David still had problems in his own household mm. or with his own people, his own and with his own king. So it says here in 1 Samuel 19, 10 through 11, Saul, who was the king at the time, tried to pin him to the wall with the spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. All right, I'm going to pause for a second here because um, uh, David, uh, Saul tried to kill David on multiple occasions. And he literally threw a spear at David to try to take David out. Mm -hmm. But David eluded it, right? And, um, and then the text reads on. Um, that night, David made good, made good at his escape. Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. All right? Goliath tried to take him out. Now... David's own king is trying to take him out. Yeah. And then look what it says in 2 Samuel 3.1. The war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. But David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Mm-hmm. And then David eventually became the king and took Saul's place. And even after David became king, Saul's house was still getting weaker and weaker. Mm -hmm. This ought to give us some confidence, y'all, mm -hmm. um, because we said the enemy's not playing, but God ain't playing either. Yeah. He had to show Goliath he wasn't playing through David, and he had to show Saul that he wasn't playing through David. Saul tried to take David out, and David grew stronger and stronger yeah amen and saul grew weaker and weaker 
this should speak to you. That if God has plans for you, and he does, that you should, you will grow stronger, stronger, and your enemy or those that's trying to avert God's plans will grow weaker and weaker. Amen. Amen. Because God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Yeah. We really need to put our trust in God. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth way that Satan, um, that we're going to talk about today, try to disrupt God's plan and attack God's children was his attack on the Jewish nation. Write that down, his attack on the Jewish nation. This could have thwarted Jesus's birth because Jesus was, was a Jew. And what we're gonna talk about is what happened um, in the fifth century BC. So we're talking about 500 years before Jesus was born. And this was during the Persian Empire where Satan tried to disrupt the birth of Christ. And the Persian king Xerxes, he had an advisor or a prime minister. His name was Haman. And Haman plotted to kill all the Jews. Right. And we find this in the book of Esther, this story. And so Esther 3, 5, and 6 says, when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Mm -hmm. Y'all see this? Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who's got power in the, uh, the empire that's in control in the world, the Persian empire at the time. And he made a plan to kill all the Jews. Right, right. Y'all know that's from the enemy. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, uh, less than 500 years before Christ would, would come and be born. Mm -hmm. Y'all know God ain't having that. And what happened here, look what it says here in um, Esther 8, 7. After uh, Queen Esther, who was Jewish, alerted Xerxes of Haman's plan to kill all the Jews. Look what it says. King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther and they have impaled him on the pole he set up. Mm. So um, Haman had set up a pole to kill, to kill Mordecai on and then to kill all the Jews. Now uh, Haman dies on the very pole he was gonna kill Mordecai on. Amen, yeah, amen. God ain't playing. That's right. Some of us have seen something like that in our lifetime. Somebody <laughs> messing with you, a child of God, and their little tricks turned on them. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so we just got to know, we got to be confident that as a child of God, and again, I'm talking about someone who's given their life, who's accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, who's actively trying to be like God and be God's child, follow his commands and do what he says, all those kinds of things. God has a plan. And God says, I'm watching over my word. I'm watching over. So we can, we can, as we celebrate Christmas, we first of all want to celebrate how God safeguarded the birth of Christ. But then in that story and in that safeguarding, there's hope for us and how God regards his son. Because now as a, as a believer in Christ, we are now uh, Christ incarnate. We are the flesh and bones and body of Christ now on earth. We are representing Christ. Christ is in us. When God sees us, he sees his son. And we have a God who safeguards his children. That's right. This ought to give us hope. This ought to give us inspiration. And this ought to cause us to put our trust in him and not worry like we do sometimes. That's right. That ultimately God's going to bring to pass what he has planned for us. And so God safeguarded Jesus's family line. Write that down. God God safeguarded Jesus's family line. And I'm not going to read the whole line. I just want to reference it because there are two genealogies of Jesus recorded in scripture. Uh, We find it in Matthew. Um, It records 41 names going from Abraham to Jesus. And then in in the book of Luke, it records 77 names going from Jesus back to Adam. So you can read that on your own time, but just know it's there and read it. Um, and see how God, through all of those generations, through all of those people, which is Jesus's bloodline, mm-hmm. God safeguarded Christ's birth. Yeah. Amen. So look what it says here in Matthew 1 and 1, 1 and verse 16. This is a genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then it goes on and on and on. And then it gets to verse 16 and says, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, and the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then in Luke 23, in Luke 3, 23 and 38, it starts out, now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, he, he was the son, so it was thought of Joseph, the son of Heli. All right, then it goes on and lists all these names, And then in verse 38, it says, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Man. And so it gives a genealogy there. Mm -hmm. And God safeguarded. I started the message talking about um, how my wife and I was trying to safeguard the birth of our son for nine months. And we were in a heightened mindset to do that. God safeguarded the birth of his son Amen. for thousands of years. God took it very seriously and takes it very seriously. 
And God takes very seriously the birth or the birth of another human being or the rebirth, if you will, of another human being who gives their life to him. And we're talking about someone who is born again. God is safeguarding those births too. And this is why God has given the church the responsibility to tell the world about him so that some will be reborn or born again through our messaging. And so we ought to carry that out. God has plans to, uh, uh, for children of his that aren't even born yet that are going to be his children, that are going to be part of the body of Christ. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Thank you for listening.